Welcome to Daily Meditation with Melissa. Today, I would like to have a brief discussion on self-worth, and then we're going to do a meditation around the subject of self-worth and self-love. This meditation is going to be a little different than how I've meditated on this subject in the past. By approaching it in a different way, we can help to bring in new ideas, new thoughts, and new belief systems. So I hope you enjoy this discussion and meditation and that they serve you on your journey to returning to your, to your sense of self-love and self-worth because you are so deserving of seeing yourself as the beautiful, bright, incredible being that you are. I'd like to begin by reading a passage from Gabby Bernstein's book, Happy Days. This passage really resonated with me, and it gets deeply into her own self-worth issues, so before I begin, I just want to let you know that it's a little bit heavy, and please do what feels right for you. In the first chapter, Gabby says, When I speak of worthiness, I'm not talking about being worthy of money, or romance, or a career advancement. I'm speaking of being worthy of love. Early in my therapeutic recovery, my therapist explained to me that behind all of my blocks and fears were the feelings of being unlovable and inadequate. It took a moment for that to sink in. At first, I wanted to resist her because I'd built up a worldview of my life that convinced me I was very adequate and loved. As time went on in my therapy, I was able to look closer. I could see that underneath all of my credentials, love from fans, and my seemingly positive self-perception was a traumatized little girl who thought she was unworthy. I started noticing the moments when I would actually say out loud to myself, I'm just a piece of shit. Previously, I had brushed these moments under the rug, but the more I shined light on them, the more apparent it became to me that I was indeed suffering from the core wound of feeling unlovable and inadequate. When I read this, it really jumped out to me for several reasons. Number one, I've been following Gabby's journey for about 10 years, and I love her books. I love her podcast. I went to see her speak when she was releasing one of her new books, and I really respect and admire her. So to hear someone I look up to express thoughts that I also have was really a deeply healing moment for me. When I have these kinds of thoughts of harsh self-criticism, there's a sense that I'm having them because they're telling me something about why, about why I have the experiences I have. I feel like they validate a lack of success or external validation. And so to hear somebody who's extremely successful getting a lot of external validation, having these thoughts too, kind of forced me to look at how fraudulent they are. If anybody can have these thoughts no matter what, then they don't confirm anything other than the fact 
that we live in a world that socializes us to them so frequently that we're all pretty much having them and we accept them as normal. Gabby says in the quote, she's often thinks to herself, I'm just a piece of shit. And that was the other thing that really stood out to me because the, the self-critical thought I have most often is, I'm a loser. I can't tell you exactly where or how this started. I've often wanted to find an inciting incident so I could go back and address it in my mind and talk to my younger self. But I don't believe there was ever one incident. It was a lifetime of messaging from parents, from the world, from school. As children, we see the ways our parents treat us, the way society treats us. And because we're not fully developed mentally, we come to conclusions that are based on limited information. So... A lot was happening with me, with my parents, where nobody was looking at me and saying, Melissa, you are a loser and you are worthless. It was all more subtle, more moments of rejection, anger that they had that I didn't know how to understand. I didn't understand that their anger was an expression of their pain, and I took it to mean I was doing something wrong. I understand now that my parents were in an incredible amount of pain. Not only that, but they were parenting me in the way that was modeled to them, so they weren't even thinking about it of whether or not I was deserving of the behavior. And it took me a long time to understand that, that these things didn't happen to me because I am deserving of being mistreated, there was nothing about me specifically. It was almost an automatic reaction in them. And again, because as a child, I have so few experiences and no real understanding of the world outside my home that it felt deeply personal. And that doesn't mean that any of it was okay or that it was fair or right, but that I and learning to look at it more objectively for the sake of my own healing. Oftentimes when I think to myself, I'm a loser, I will then have an immediate second thought of, and everyone knows it, or everyone believes it, and it's something to the effect of, everyone knows I'm a loser, but nobody wants to tell me. This is such a deeply painful thought, and if it's bringing up your own wounds, just take a moment to put your hands on your heart and give yourself some love. These kinds of thoughts are really hard to look at, and I have so much respect and love and admiration for you for showing up for this discussion. So when I have the thought, I'm a loser, everyone else sees me as a loser. This really gets into the heart of what a lot of self-worth issues are. A lot of our self-worth, we believe, is how we talk about ourselves, and this is a big part of it. Are you critical or are you encouraging? 
But another big part of it is what we believe other people are thinking about us. We often address self-worth from the internal perspective of how do we talk to ourselves. But an equally big part of it is the external perspective. What are we projecting out into the world? When I believe that everyone sees me from this negative perspective, I am then creating a belief outside of myself that mirrors the one that's inside of me. I believe that outside of me, everyone is having this thought as well. And I am projecting onto them my own distorted perspective of myself. And that's how I believe they're looking at me. Even though this isn't real, and no one is actually coming up to me and saying this, no one in the world is running up to me in the streets and affirming to me that they have this extremely low opinion of me. Because it's real to me, then the pain is just as real as if they actually were saying this. In my mind, it has happened. And so for me, there's the internal experience of what I say to myself, and then there's the equally powerful external experience of how I perceive everyone is looking at me, and what I perceive they are seeing within me. This is even more complicated by the fact that everyone is seeing me through their own perspective of themselves. We can truly only see in others what we see in ourselves, and I see this all the time in my own self. The lower I feel, the more critical I am of those around me, and the better I feel, the more accepting I am. So even if there are people out there who are looking at me through this critical lens, they aren't telling me anything about myself. What they're telling me is how they feel about their own self. Because truly, no one has the right or the place to tell us who or what we are. No one spends 24 hours a day with us. Only we know ourselves. And thinking that we know ourselves better than anyone can lead us to believe, well, then these thoughts must be true because I know myself. But really, all that's showing us is the messaging that we were raised with. All these critical thoughts are telling us is, in what way were we guided to perceive our own self? What behavior was modeled to us? And that's where a lot of my self-criticism comes from also, was seeing the low self-esteem that my parents suffered with which is not how they presented to the world. They presented as happy, confident people. But I was alone with them in their private moments, and I knew how they really felt about themselves, and I learned how to be an adult based on the sense that they were their own biggest critic. So addressing this thought of, I am a loser, really has been for me, first of all, acknowledging that the majority of the people are not walking around thinking this. That is me projecting onto them what I believe about myself to be true, and I believe it to be true so fundamentally that it's hard for me to believe everyone else isn't thinking it. And then acknowledging 
that whatever people think about me is rooted in their own perspective of themselves. And there are very few people who genuinely love and appreciate their own self. And as I said with my own parents, even people who present as happy and confident often go home and feel a deep inner longing for self-love. And so looking to the people around us to affirm who we are is like looking into a funhouse mirror. We're not going to get a real true perspective of ourselves from them. You taking the time to listen to this discussion and to meditate and to work on your self-worth is something that really does change the world. One person showing people what it's like to stand in a place of self-love and appreciation is so revolutionary that you cannot underestimate the gift you are giving to not only yourself, but to everyone around you. In a moment, we're going to begin the meditation, and as I said in the beginning, this might be a little different than other meditations, and therefore, it could feel pretty uncomfortable. And this is an important aspect to acknowledge when we're trying to rewire our thoughts and beliefs around self-worth is, as we bring in new thoughts, beliefs, reflections, there's a lot of discomfort that happens within us. And this is because our brain has created neural networks based around what we already perceive to be true. So I have repeatedly thought to myself, I am a loser. And if you can just imagine a cluster of neurons in my brain where like all roads lead to this and all roads lead away from it, it's a very powerful source of energy. And our brains are evolved for efficiency. So a repeated thought is returned to because it takes the least amount of energy. It's already there. All roads are flowing in and flowing out from this place. And my brain says, that's the most efficient thing. And I like to conserve energy. When I put in a new thought or a new belief, I am worthy of love. A new neural network must be built. And think of the energy that goes into building a bridge or a town. A lot of resources are brought in to do this. And so to create something new, your brain really has to put in a lot of effort. And evolutionary wise, we conserve energy because as hunters and gatherers, we didn't know when we were going to get nutrition and food and energy again. So the brain tries to conserve energy, and that's when it takes effort to push back against the discomfort and say, no, I will build this new thought pattern, and I will actively dissolve the old one and tear that network out. I will dismantle that system so that is no longer the default. This is also one final aspect of self-worth that I'd like to talk about is that self-worth is really just repeated thoughts that we default to because that is how our brains are wired. Negative critical thoughts are not facts. 
They aren't true. They feel true because they feel comfortable. And again, that's just biology. That's just the way our brains evolved. A new thought, a new loving thought feels uncomfortable. And so it can feel untrue. And it's not that it's not true. It's not that you can't develop profound self-worth and self-love. That's just your brain trying to be efficient. And this efficiency can be good because, you know, we do want our brains to be organized into thought systems. And when they're beneficial, this is a beautiful aspect of our mind that we can just autopilot to, I am lovable, I am worthy, I am deserving. But we haven't lived in a culture so far that has really taught us how to be raised with these thoughts. And so neurologically, most of us default to the critical thinking. And because it feels so comfortable and so natural, we actually believe it's telling us something real about ourselves. And all it's telling us is what thoughts developed early in our mind that we've continued to default to. So as we do this meditation, it may feel uncomfortable. You may think this is stupid. I don't like this. This won't work. This isn't real. And just give yourself some patience and some compassion. And know that those thoughts are not trying to sabotage you, but that's just your mind's way of trying to process what it doesn't know and is not familiar with. It takes a while to break up one neural network and build another one, so you may have a lot of resistance to this particularly if there was a lot of social conditioning telling you who you are, if you experienced a lot of messaging around, not just from your parents, but around race, sexuality, body type, you know, anything else that society likes to comment on, even though they have no business doing so. So there could be a lot there and... Just know that this is one powerful step that's going to lead to many more, that's going to lead to some pretty powerful changes in your life. This is a huge topic for me, so I will definitely be doing more self-worth and self-love meditations in the coming weeks. I would just like to conclude by saying that these are the things that I have learned around self-worth and I am just a meditation teacher. So if this has brought up anything in you that you would like help processing, I encourage you to seek out the help of a professional therapist or a counselor or an accredited coach or guide, anyone who can help you personally with what you're thinking and experiencing as I am not a trained professional. I am simply sharing my thoughts and experiences and everything I say is also rooted in my own perspective. So always take what works for you and leave behind what doesn't. Let's get started with the meditation and Thank you so much for listening to the discussion. I know it's a heavy one, 
and I really appreciate you giving the time and the energy to first have this time of reflection before we meditate. We'll begin by taking a deep breath together in through the nose and out through the mouth. Breathe in, hold, and breathe out. Continue to breathe slow and relaxed through your nose. Bring your awareness fully onto your breath. As you breathe in, think in, and as you breathe out, think out. Note each breath in and each breath out, in and out, in and out. Imagine now a soft pink light descends down to you from above. This beautiful light glows with the love of divine support and guidance. This light is here to hold you and to support you and to remind you that you are not alone and that the entire universe is gazing upon you now with unconditional love. This divine pink light descends down through your head.
down through your neck. And into your chest. It fills your heart with pure love and reminds you of who you really are. As you breathe into the light, it grows bigger and brighter. And as you breathe out, your heart chakra opens and expands. The light grows out until it sits several feet around you. As you continue to breathe, slow and relaxed, begin to surrender to the divine love of this beautiful pink light. Breathe in its love and breathe out and soften and melt. I want you to imagine now that you live in a world where every single person can only see your best qualities. Everywhere you go, people speak to you with love and affirmation. These affirmations are not rooted in your achievements or the fact that you never make a mistake, but rather in the qualities of you as a person
you go to the grocery store and someone gives you a compliment from this place. They see the real you. And what is it that they see in you? Do they compliment you on your kindness, your sense of humor, your compassion, your courage? Every time you turn down an aisle, someone says something incredibly uplifting and loving about you. And you know they are speaking the truth because they are physically unable of seeing anything else in you. You go to a party and again everyone has kind and beautiful things to say about you. How do your friends and acquaintances speak about you when they see you for who you really are? You go to work, and the moment you step in, you are showered with praise and appreciation. You have no doubt that these things that are being said about you are true. You know that everyone is speaking what they really see in you. What does your boss say to you? And if you are your own boss, what do you say to yourself? What do your coworkers say to you?
What do your clients say to you? Give yourself time now to explore this visual further. See yourself moving through your life and receiving love and praise and appreciation for the real you, for the gifts that you bring to the world as the unique person you are. And if anything comes up, that isn't loving and isn't supportive, just remind yourself that isn't real, it's not possible. In this world, people can only see the real, divine me. We'll take one more deep breath together. Breathe in. Hold. And breathe out. Thank you so much for taking the time to participate in this discussion and guided meditation with me. I truly appreciate the courage and energy it took for you to show up for this today. If you'd like to support this podcast, please leave a rating so that others can find it. You can find me on my new Instagram page at meditate underscore with underscore Melissa. I know self-worth and self-love is a big subject that can't be covered in one discussion and one meditation. So we're going to be revisiting this more, and if you'd like to follow along, subscribe to this podcast or follow me on my Instagram page. Thank you so much.